On today's podcast, we're talking about one of my favorite stories, the story of Joseph from the book of Genesis. This is all part of our continuing series called Stories That Shape Our Faith, where we're revisiting accounts in Scripture that many of us have likely heard since childhood, but are now seeing with fresh eyes. Our conversation today centers around the faithfulness of God and how, through every circumstance, the good and the painful, He is weaving together a story that is ultimately for our benefit and for His glory. Thanks for joining us. This is After the Message. Well, welcome to the podcast today. Hey. Hey, Mike. Hey. Good to see you guys. Hello. It's, uh, you know, I just realized that we're all matching today. <laughs> Matches. How could that be? I mean, like literally matching, not just like sort of matching, but like literally have the same shirt That's on. That's not true. You have a really cool hat on. Well, granted, it is a cool hat, but you know. <laughs> and, and a nice Hawaiian, like. As our yeah. Why are we leaf, matching leafy though? Leafy yes. Print. So so today was the first day of Wow Week, which is a really big event for us. It's our version of Vacation Bible School. Yes. And we had, I don't know what the official count was. Sean, do you know? I, a lot. I, a lot. Yeah. I don't think we have a an slew, official count. A slew. Yeah, a slew. but it, it's a safe slew. to say that we had over 1,100 registered yes. kids, right? That's correct. And so, and so no telling how many it, showed up It felt today. like. It was way more than that. One yeah, it felt like, um, like 3,000. And they all came at one time. Like, it was a slow, yeah. and all of a sudden, like, at <laughs> Everybody 8, was 10, here. <laughs> everybody yeah. shows up. It's a great great morning, though. Like, yes. just uh, worship Very was loud great. morning. Very loud morning. Kids <laughs> seem to have had a great time. And so just really, really good. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're all wearing matching T-shirts, because we have their, our uh, our Wow Week T-shirts on, and, and, and I'm wearing a kind of a Hawaiian shirt and a hat, because... On the stage, I'm sitting in a little cabana. We have a giant sandcastle on the stage, and there's uh-huh. like this little tiki hut over to the side, and that's my little mm-hmm. nest. What do you do in there? Uh, I'm basically running tracks for the band and like talking DJ. to the band. He's are you DJ? I don't know he if you were like DJ and our bartender. He's like, wicked, wicked, well, wicked, 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 wicked. kind of looks or like both. a little boat, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which, where I needed to line up for what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it definitely it could pass for either, I think. so. Um, hey, before we move off of Wow Week, though, seriously, like... Uh, the the takeaway takeaway from for me this morning was because of all the work who our deacons showed up oh wow uh, in mass numbers yesterday like a record time of getting everything set up our next gen team uh, you know Sean working with our team to get things prepared allowed for while we kind of celebrate these these large numbers of children the reality is being organized on mm. the front end allows their team to have one on one interactions for people who are pretty, um, who need to be loved. And I saw your team doing that today, Sean, and it was great. Yeah. L- let me, let me say this to you about, about the deacons coming out yesterday. We had, we had a large number of deacons that showed up and the comment that kind of summed it all up for me is I had members of my next gen teams that said, because our deacon body showed up and served, I was able to put my kids to bed, mm. have supper with my spouse, those kinds of things mm. last night. And that's not always been the case uh, going into Wild Week. And so it was a it was a huge help to have the body of Christ come out, yeah. Mm, yeah. pitch in, and, and accomplish a lot of tasks in a very short amount of time. And so that was awesome. So thank you and kudos to our deacon body and those who came out and helped and served. So, well, I just want to, and I, I think... Uh, I just want to point out, too, that that is living out one of our values. We say we live generously. There and, you, um, you know, that we were generous uh, with our time, time, our resources. That's right. Um, and so, 
yeah, so that's that's a a, a, a group within our body who are who are sh- living out that value, and yes. so so appreciative yep. of that. I also um, like your idea, Mike, that you want those beach balls that are hanging in the worship to be permanent fixtures now. Mm, forward, yeah, right? I, I actually got <laughs> I actually got some text messages on Sunday evening of uh, people who were sitting up in the ramp in the worship center. <laughs> And they took pictures of like, of our heads. so there's one of me on the, the big screen and you can see my body with my guitar and then a where my ball. head should be, there's a massive beach ball. <laughs> so it looks like I have this beach ball head. It's, um, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Yes. No, I don't think there'll be a permanent fixture, but. Um, I was actually tempted to take those pictures, but. <laughs> oh, you should have. Yeah. Because others did. That's right. <laughs> and posted them. Yeah. Hey, so uh, I know we, we got some some deeper things we want to jump into, but um, but I should point out that we have uh, more than just our normal voices in the room. I don't know if you've heard his voice yet, but Steve Mulholland, ladies and gentlemen, is in the room. Let's um, hear your voice. What does it sound like? It sounds amazing. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so, uh, it is. so Steve, uh, Steve is is uh, one of our executive pastors here, and um, but I don't think has ever joined on the podcast. One time, I, I joined uh, when I preached. Oh so yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay, right. so yeah. so yes, you did. I've never I been invited back, so I'm not. <laughs> 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 um, but I, you know, I think it's it, it's not the reason you're in here, but but. I think it's appropriate just to mention, you know, we did make sort of a big announcement to the church on Sunday, um, and uh, and the church will hear more about it, uh, maybe even by the time this podcast is released. Um, but uh, just that that you're following God's call um, to a new assignment at Mississippi College, doing some uh, uh, some teaching, and uh, so really really excited for you. And I was I was just really I found myself really proud to be standing there on the platform with you in that moment and seeing the, and seeing the way the church responded mm-hmm. so graciously. So they were living generously. They were. They were. <laughs> it was really humbling to see, and thank you guys for doing that. Yeah, man. Um, but one, one of the reasons being on the podcast today is was I listened to the story of Joseph and about how God has, I mean, it took, what, 17 thrown in the pit, 30 at the earliest. Mm-hmm. And it just was such a reminder of God's faithfulness. And then the song, obviously, set that we sang mm. uh, about God's faithfulness. Um, and it just was a reminder of how God continues to refine and use. And I mean, I look around this room, he's used each one of you mm. to refine me even more um, for whatever he's preparing me for in the next chapter. So, and I'm thankful for each one of you. Yeah, nice nice. yeah dude, we're we're <clears throat> so thankful for you, and we're we're still mad that you're. Mad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? I get Let, a lot. Of, I'm happy get for too, you. I'm just not looking in your eyes. Ever let's again. not get too lovey dovey. Uh, <laughs> we still right, are right. mad at you. We're right. in a fight right now, um, but we are so proud that you follow God's will for your life. Truly, we're we're excited. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mike's like, no, not really. Nah. We don't like you yeah. anymore. It was cool. I mean, it really was a moment. Jennifer commented when we got home. She started to cry because she saw me taking a picture of you guys up on the platform mm-hmm. and just thought um, how you've been a catalyst um, to rebuild the trust in a church body um, who's learning how to live generously, give. And um, yeah. you have not just like single handedly, but you've been, you'd let, you have led others to um, become part of that. And you've, 
um, we've walked alongside some some tough roads. Yeah. And um, yeah. you have um, you've been a really good shepherd, good pastor, good friend. Uh, and um, well, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm like Josh. I'm a little ticked off at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to look for opportunities to. Uh, I know you don't want to get up on the stage and cry, but I'm looking for chances to to make that happen. to make, make you that make, you cry. make you cry yeah. make you yeah. cry. <laughs> well, it, but I, I think so. Of course, we're we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about uh, the message from Sunday, which had to do with it, with Joseph's story in Genesis, and um, and I, I don't know. I think there's a correlation here, right? Because you know, I mean, I mean, if we look at Joseph's story, all these things happened to him that were were painful, and he probably in the moment didn't understand and. And, uh, and I, I look at you and I look at your decision and the way God's mm-hmm. leading you. And I don't necessarily understand what God's up to in all that. Um, but if we've learned anything from Joseph's story, like if you look at the, mm-hmm. over the long haul and you look like God is weaving together a story mm-hmm. and he That's has good. purposes and plans that, that are bigger than what we can mm-hmm. see in the immediate. Yeah. And, um, and that tends to be our perspective. Like we, we, we like the immediate, the, you know, instant gratification and, kind of to, to know uh, what's happening at any any given moment. And so, um, man, I just, I, I'm so thankful that, that you're open to following God's call, even though, you know, we don't understand it um, necessarily. Yeah. So. I appreciate that. And I, I think that's the thing, waking up this morning, thinking through the sermon. Um, we, we see these patriarchs as like having it all together. Like, we open up our storybook Bibles, and a lot of times it's pretty pictures, and Mm -hmm. everything's kind of worked out in the end, and we see God's redemptive plan, you know, on we we see it, right? Right. But I wonder, certainly Joseph sitting in the bottom of that pit, and then being thrown, getting into a point at a peak. You you called it peaks and valleys, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Man, I'm at a peak. I got everything, right? I'm... I'm exactly like, okay, this isn't what I thought. Right. But I found favor with God. He's using me. I'm Potiphar's house. I'm like, I'm the man. Like, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he's thrown in prison. Mm. Falsely accused. Falsely yeah. accused. And like, God, I, man, I thought this is why. I, I wonder in my mind, right. God, I thought you brought me here to do this That's and right. I'm doing this faithfully. And now you're, yeah. you got me <laughs> somewhere where I didn't necessarily think I'd be. Yes, yeah, right. And it's just exacerbated in Joseph's life of prison. Man, find rapport with an inmate. And, oh, man, I got gotcha. you. We'll be that's out. Right. I got gotcha. you. Cupbearer. He that's didn't right. do him any yeah. A few years later, it's like, oh, yeah, there's this dude that's rotten in prison that yeah. I, I yeah. know about. Man. <laughs> I meant to tell you about that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, so obviously this this is a story, Joseph's story. It's a story that plays out over a long period of time, and, and it covers a lot of ground in Scripture. And, it does. And you hit the high points, Josh, on Sunday, but um, but there's a lot that got, got left out, and I feel like that's been the case with a lot of these stories. I mean, we, right. we kind of have to skim over the top. Um, you know, any things that, that, like, you had to cut for time on Sunday that, that you wish you could have you spent more time with? Hmm. Well, you know, if you put it like that, of course there are... A hundred things that you could go back and look at, but I think the core message of Joseph's life is God is faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, not that Joseph's faithful, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think if if you were to look at the specific nature of 
of those peaks and those valleys. I think Joseph was faithful, but that wasn't the storyline. I think that he chose rightly when he had an opportunity to choose wrongly. Um, but the overarching narrative of the entire thing is God had his hand on his life every step of the way. Uh, and we have to remember what is happening when this is being written. So so we believe that, that Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy are all written by Moses, all probably in, in one swoop or at least in one setting of time to give to the people of God for a history. So at this time, they're walking in the wilderness. They're between Egypt and the promised land, and they're trying to figure out who they are and whose they are. And so they need this message that there are going to be great moments in their life because, now we didn't get here, and I think if, you know, to answer your question, if you would have spent more time on it, would be what comes directly after where we left off. This idea that when Joseph ends his, his, his kind of tenure as, as loving and leading well for Egypt, man, the Egyptians and the Israelites, they were best friends. They loved each other because Joseph's rapport with Pharaoh was so good, but time went on for so long. God blessed the people of Israel so much that they, they continued to be fruitful and multiply, right? So there's that, that storyline again. And they became so fruitful and they multiplied so much that when the new Pharaoh was established almost 300 years later, he was like, hey, we got to be cautious of this group. Mm. They're bigger than us. They can take us out. And that's when... Egypt enslaved Israel. Hmm. And so again, they need to know this because remember, that's that's how they got to where they are. So this would be the most recent history for their family, those 400 years of crying out. Why did they have to do it? Well, because they were in a bad way. Yeah, but remember, God is faithful. God has his hand on you on the good days when, when everybody knows who Joseph is and because of him, you are blessed in the good land of Goshen. And on the days when you're in the bottom of the pit, on the days when you're making clay bricks without straw, on the days that you're getting beat by the guy with the whip, God has his hand on you and he's doing something and they are traveling to the promised land. They don't see it yet, but they're mm. going to get there and they have to remember the storyline. Mm. And even the, even the end of Genesis where Joseph points out, and God will come to your yes. aid. It's like, the promise. So it's, it is the, here's a life that has shown God's faithfulness, and the message I proclaim over you is that God is faithful. That's right. And that he will. He will. That's right. So if so, you ask Joseph, to your point, Steve, so that sounds great. At the end of Genesis 50, does, would Joseph have said the same thing if you asked him while he's in the pit or in prison? Because mm. it says God is with him, like God. Sure, God was with him God and showed favor him. to him. Yeah, mm-hmm. But the, I think again, right? So if, if we only have the scriptures to go by, and we're only we're only um, having the uh, that narrative available to us, I don't think the point was for him to say it then. Mm-hmm. I think for the mm-hmm. point is for the whole of his life, on the good days and the hard days, to see that whether he believed it or not, whether he liked it or not, mm-hmm. whether he trusted mm-hmm. it or not, right? God was faithful. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, and I, and I think that's a that's a great point because I mean, I'm. Again, scripture doesn't say this, right? Like, so it doesn't. It doesn't really, like, swoop down into the the moment by moment um, feelings and, and and emotions that Joseph may have been, been experiencing. But I can imagine there were a lot of days when he didn't think God was being all that faithful to him. You know, um, you know, where he was, he felt like maybe God had even left him. Uh, yet, you know, in the end, he's able to look back and see the thread that, that God wove through all of his circumstances. What I appreciate, though, in hearing that is then referencing 
the writings from James. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, you know, consider it joy. Pure joy, yeah. So you have, yeah. if you don't have it colored in the lines in Genesis, you see the half-brother of Jesus right. saying, hey, and from all accounts in history, he's, he dies a martyr's death. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, while you're going through suffering, consider it joy. Yeah, because yeah, God's doing something. It is right. Doing so- it is creating in you something that is going to last. Mm-hmm. Mm. You had I, a thought? Yeah, I have a thought. I'm trying to I heard it, it coming. I heard you it. You heard it coming? I heard it. It yeah, stopped. I heard it was like, <laughs> interesting. Well, I, I think you take Joseph and just if we put ourselves in his shoes, there has to be all kinds of emotions, right? Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of thoughts. And, and we don't get to see those, but, but we do get to walk alongside other believers today that possibly experience those same emotions. And, mm-hmm. and for me, I've seen believers who have walked through really difficult, tough circumstances, and yet they have said, but my, my hope, that they may be feeling all sorts of things, but they proclaim and they hold on to that their hope sure. is in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so so even, you know, we, we like you said, we don't get the the specific every detail of the narrative. And the overarching thing is God is faithful. But I also can imagine that Joseph, as he's walking through those difficult moments, he he's holding on to this truth. Right. Yeah. right? Um, and so and, and he's not just looking at the—I I believe Joseph is in those moments. He's struggling. He's wrestling. But he's also holding on to this this hope that God has promised and God has given. And, and for me, it's—we all go through journeys like that. Mm-hmm. And we will also have journeys where in the midst of it, we don't hold on to that truth. Yes, right. And then maybe years later, we look back and we go, oh, but God was so faithful. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that that's, to me, that is the beautiful picture of God's faithfulness that's in right. that even when we may forsake him in the moment, yes. but actually come to a point that now this steadfastness and endurance and this hope is now built in us because mm-hmm. of what we've been through, that now we return to that idea that, oh, yes, God is faithful. That's right. And so it's just, it's a beautiful picture of his grace, his mercy, how, how he is at work in us, either in the moment or over the long haul. That's right. I think so. that's why it's one of the most important stories that shape our faith, right? Because if, if mm-hmm. you can grasp what you just said, if, if we can tie our hearts to that, and even the fact that this story is in, in many children's Bibles, like if our kids can grasp it, I'm thinking of like Gideon and Mary Joy and, and Lydia one day when she can understand it, if they can grasp that God loves them, he sees them, he knows them, and he is doing something in them, mm-hmm. even when they can't understand it, even right. when it hurts, even when, like we, we talked about Jeremiah 29, 11, right? So I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for good, plans to prosper you, but they're in exile, and they will be for 70 more years. And, and that was the plan. And that was the plan. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like God saying, look, my hands are tied right now. I can't do anything for you. He goes, no, no, this is the plan. You go ahead and build houses, plant gardens, have families, give into marriage, do these things because I'm doing something in you. I have a plan. You've got to trust me. Guys, when we can anchor to the fact that God is faithful outside of our obedience. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't be obedient. That doesn't mean we shouldn't strive for holiness and goodness in our life. 
But God is faithful, period, full stop. Like end of discussion, the story is over. God is faithful. We hang our hats on that and we get to rest in the fact that we are his. Now the question comes, and I think this is where we landed at the end of the sermon, God is faithful to his own. And if you are his own through the person and the work of Jesus Christ, you can rest in the Romans 8 passage that we celebrate. But if you are not his, if you have not become his through the person and the work of Jesus Christ, if you've not put your hope and trust in him, that faithfulness is not for you. That faithfulness is against you. And as much as you can go ahead and write it down and, and say, God is for me here, you can go ahead and write it down and say, God is against me. I don't want God against me. And the only way that we are ever made right with him, the only way that that wrath is satisfied is through the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Hmm. So a, a follow-up question for me that I, I have seasons where I struggle with it would be if God is sovereign and has a plan, how do we, and you kind of hit on this, how do we best understand the, the purpose of pain or the presence of evil in those plans? Mm. How do you guys in your life, how do you wrestle with that? Not only when someone asks you, but how do you, when you're still and are struggling with them, how do you see those things going together? Pain and evil mm-hmm. inside of a God's plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't know necessarily about the evil uh, uh, part. I think that's getting into something that, that I'm not sure I'm prepared to speak to, but um, but the purpose of pain like, you know, I go back to the passage, you know, consider it pure joy when you when you experience trials. I mean, I think God does allow these 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 painful things that come into our life because it, it shapes us and it it, it it makes us more like him. It sort of knocks off the rough edge, uh, edges, you know, and I, I think God uses those things to, co- to conform us into his image. Um, you know, and I even think of the, uh, you know, the, the passage um, from Romans, you know, that... that we know that those Romans uh, eight twenty eight or is that what I said? I'm sorry. Yeah, Romans eight twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, knowing that all things work together uh, for the good of those who are called according to His purpose. You know, um, in talking about um, that that you know we're being be, we're to be conformed in His image, and that is you know that's that's the good. Like that's what God wants for us. Mm-hmm. God wants us to be conformed into the images of His Son. And sometimes that it requires it requires hard stuff to make that happen. Mm-hmm. At least it does in my life. That's right. Um, you know, so I, I think you know, for me, that's the that's the purpose of, of those trials and, and pain as I experience them. At least that's the perspective I want to have. This is going to sound counterintuitive, but when I experience pain and suffering and see it and ask those questions, when I'm in a healthy space, um, I think that's why it's Paul says often, renew your mind. Like he says it often, he says it in Romans, you know, don't confirm to this world, mm-hmm. but re- renew your mind so you can test and see what is God's will, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the exercise that is placed in front of me to go through because when I go through that exercise, I actually see the pain and suffering as proof that there is a God, that the, the scripture is true and real because it writes about these things. When I see the patriarchs and they are suffering and going through this stuff, I don't see the glossy image of what Mm -hmm. came to be. I can see Joseph in the pit. I mean, knowing that there's no water in the bottom of the pit, that had to hurt falling bruised and bleeding and not really knowing what was next. 
I know that's the same God that took care of Joseph. Therefore, he's going to be the same God that's going to take care of mm-hmm. whatever triviality that I'm that's experiencing right. comparison, which points to Romans 8, 32, which I love the fact that you brought up yesterday mm. where it says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Mm. How will you not also along with him graciously give us all things? Mm. And I think that's what I keep pointing back to when I think about pain and suffering. I don't know. I don't know why. Like my son and I have these conversations. I don't know why God allowed sin. I don't know why God allows pain. I don't know why God allows suffering. But I know that I can trust him as the father who loves me enough that he sent his son despite the pain and suffering that he knew that Jesus was going to endure. Not only did he send him, but I have a savior that willingly mm-hmm. gave up as in Philippians mm-hmm. says he was at the right hand of the father. He gave up. He had the right. He was there. He was in the kingdom. He had, he had access to, to the father where, where we want to be. Yet he willingly gave it up for us so that we may know his father because he knows knowing his father is exactly what we need. Mm. Man, I know it's counterintuitive, but every time I experience and I'm in the right space, I'm like, okay, that proves out scripture. Like, That's right. Like, mm. uh, yes. And I think even when we're not in the right space. Yeah, that's like, right. So, that's the so, right. Like the, so as I was thinking about this, I don't know. In fact, not not too long ago, I was faced with this question of why would God cause me this pain? Hmm. And and in that moment, as as a pastor, as a minister, I had to look someone in the eye and say, I don't know. Hmm. But here's what I do know. Um, that God is faithful. That God is with us. That God has a plan. And here's here's the thing. I think even when we're in unhealthy spaces... And we begin to grasp for straws. And those things leave us empty. And the only sure thing that we can find is what is promised to us in this book. Right. It's the only constant thing, the only thing that is faithful. Then then my journey through that pain causes me to long for him more because he is the only thing that is stable and good. Right. And and going to fulfill, and it reminds me going back to James, that um, he says that these trials in your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen at once; right. like it's it's, it's, it's this continual mm-hmm. process to have its full effect, so that you may be mature, complete, and lacking in nothing. And, and, and to me, even our journeys through pain, whether healthy or unhealthy, mm-hmm. on the backside of that pushes us to long for him more mm-hmm. um, so that ultimately we find completeness, not in, not in our answers or solutions, but in Christ himself, mm-hmm. because everything else is going to come up empty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think even in that, that... I would think purpose of pain. That's good. Oftentimes makes me long for him more. Yeah, that's right. And and I think there's there's two two versions, right? So there is does will God allow or even sometimes inflict pain because to him our pain may not be pain to him. 
That just might be pain to us, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. Mm. But then the other end, will God cause evil to you? No. I would say very clearly from the scriptures, God never causes evil, but somehow, and here's the mystery, right? I, I don't know mm. to this. I do think that he allows it, but I don't know what to do with that, and I don't know why he does, and, and that's one of those... You know, one of those questions I used to ask my grandfather when he was alive, you know, all these questions about God as I was learning. I said, well, it's just going to be one of those questions you have to ask when you get to heaven. I was like, I got a laundry list full, Grandpa. Um, and that, that'll be one of those questions. But I think that pain idea, even still, like it's hard for us to grasp. And sometimes, you know, through um, fantasy, like we we think of it not. Whenever I think of the problem of pain, um, not necessarily the problem of evil, but but this idea of would God allow pain, but also would God inflict pain to do something in us, right? And so James uses that word, consider it pure joy. And then I think of C.S. Lewis, right? And if you guys, <laughs> the Chronicles of Narnia, mm. the Voyage of the Dawn Treader, and you had Eustace, who was the young boy mm. who turns into the gnarly dragon. And you can go read it. It'll be much better. You can go watch the movie. It's a little okay. Um, but the idea that, that the little boy turns into this gross dragon, and he tries to fix it himself, and, and he mm. keeps tearing off the scales from his body and, and it's working and and every time he gets it done, he looks back up and he's more gross than he is before. Uh, and then he sees Aslan, the lion, and it's running, Aslan is running to him and he's terrified. He's like, this, this lion is going to kill me. And the lion comes up and says, I got to take this off of you. And he's like, what, what are you going to do? And Aslan takes out his claws and it says he starts to dig deeper and it was the worst pain he's ever felt. But Aslan, piece by piece, stroke by stroke, took off the old dragon skin and it all fell down. And it said at the end, the way C.S. Lewis, Lewis put it, is then Eustace jumped into the water and he felt the water for the first time. And he realized, I'm a boy again because of something Aslan did, right? And mm -hmm. crazy how fantasy and C.S. Lewis can do something like that. But this idea that pain to us may not be pain to God, but it may be great grace extended to us. Mm -hmm. It may hurt. It may be some of the worst feeling we've ever felt, but in the long run, it is the, the greatest grace he's ever extended to us to allow us to walk through that really hurtful season mm -hmm. and to experience that only to become something new on the other side of it. So to God, I don't think he, he hurt us. I think he healed us, but it was painful in the process. Mm -hmm. And so I think God does not only allow pain, but I think God uses and and sometimes afflicts things that are painful to us, but in, in the mind and the heart and the actions of God, they aren't a, an evil thing. They are a good thing and a gracious thing, keeping the scales of, of the gnarly dragon out of our life. Hmm. So I'm thankful for Lewis and his... his now writing. I want to go read the Chronicles of Narnia again. Yes, yeah. Voyage of Dawn Treader, do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's great. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. I had a, uh, I had a fifth grade teacher that read, read that whole series to our class. And in the evenings he would what come a great over, teacher. Some some evenings he would come over to our house. Like I don't think teachers do that much anymore. <laughs> he would <laughs> he would actually come over to our house and actually sit in my living room and and tell me about the biblical parallels between the uh, the books and the. What kind of school stories. did you go to? It was a public school. Yeah. Public school. What wow. are you talking about? Yep. <laughs> Remember though, he's in the keys doing lobstering rather than <laughs> <laughs> So I think Mike was in Narnia. Oh come <laughs> on. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna quit telling you guys. Anything. No, I love it. I love it. 
So yeah, look, man, the the whole the whole narrative of this thing, and and I think that's why it's important that Genesis ends this way. And uh, next week we jump into the life of Moses, and imagine that going just all in one sermon. <laughs> um, but but they get this. Genesis is the history of who they are, and they just need to know, and we need to know it. We need to grasp it with all that we are. Mm. That God sees us, knows us, loves us, and is going to be faithful to us regardless, hmm. because his plans are going to do what his plans are going to do. That's when we get back to that, um, that Proverbs passage, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purposes of the Lord that will stand. Hmm. That is so true, because we think we'll do this, and we declare that we're going to do that. God is going to do what he, he sees fit to do, hmm. and we just sit back and trust that and relax in his sovereign grace over our life. I think it's a beautiful thing. And if we don't, then you get super anxious, which is, I live a lot of my life there. <laughs> Zero out of 10, I do not recommend. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, in, in this story, I mean, it's, it's so good. And I'm, I'm so appreciative of this series, uh, you know, and this, these, these stories that we've, we've selected. I mean, they're just such great reminders of, uh, of the work that God is doing in us. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I've loved, I've loved going back and revisiting these, these stories that I've, I've heard since my childhood and, uh, and seeing things that I'd never seen before. Hey, real quick, I mean, as you're saying that kind of thinking Genesis, can you give us, somebody give us a little bit of foreshadowing a foretaste of, so Jacob has these 12 sons and then he's at some point as Genesis is wrapping up, you kind of see Jacob giving a blessing out. And he says something about one of the sons, Judah, right? Mm. How, why, how does Judah become important later on as we go in the rest of the Old Testament and the New Testament? Who is he? Who is he? Yeah, so speaking of Aslan, the whole yeah. reason that he is the lion uh, is because the promise of the lion of Judah, the one that's to come. Uh, and so through covenantal promise, um, Judah receives a blessing. And funny enough, uh, that lineage isn't the strongest or the best or the mightiest. Uh, matter of fact, it's <laughs> it's pretty pretty twisted, pretty shady. Right. Yeah. yeah, but it was God's plan, hmm. and God's plan is God's plan, and it will happen. So the blessing comes, and out of that lineage comes Christ. Hmm. Um, but if you go back and you read Matthew's lineage, and you you look back at at the lineage of Christ, there's a lot of shady characters yeah, in that right. that whole line. Um, but again, all by God's plan, all by God's design that our Savior is going to come through the, the promise of the Father. And and that's where we land with mm. the Lion of Judah who comes and C.S. Yeah. Lewis is riffing mm. on Aslan. Redemption is coming. Yeah. 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 And for me, the Genesis starts off with this truth is that God is the hero of every story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when we read the text and think it's something about one of the characters being the hero that a human, it's like, we're probably reading it wrong. We are yeah, reading yeah. it wrong, right? And I think we're going to get into that, especially when we get into David and Goliath. Yeah. It's going to be in about three weeks. Um, we have a tendency to put ourselves, well, I need to be Joseph, or I need to be David, or I need to be, you know, fill in the blank. Well, the whole narrative is God is good, and God is faithful, mm-hmm. and God is going to fight for you. And it's God's God's victory banner that we run under. It's not it's not mm-hmm. ours, right? So, yes. so we have to remember that. One last thing, I know we're running short on time, but I think... As I look across Genesis and the fact that Moses wrote it, okay, 
and this is going to be a little bit of stretch. Okay, so typically we're exegetical. This is going to be a little more eisegetical, uh, which most people uh, in in you know the the theological world frown <laughs> on a little bit. But I'm okay with it in this this standing because here it is. I think it is important for us to have men in our life, and and, and let me let me phrase this differently: to have people in our life that can affirm the hand of God even when we don't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think um, there are times in my life, if I look at me, um, that there will be seasons where it's, it is, it's hard, and it, it seems dark, and I don't know where to step, and, and it feels like, oh, no, where's God? And like, I feel like David in Psalm 10 and David in Psalm 13. God, God, how long am I going to have to pray? How long am I going to cry out to you and you're not there? Like, like we feel those very real guttural moments of despair and, and just crying out to God. But if we have other people in our life who will speak in and say, yeah, yeah, I hear you. Thank you for sharing that. But can can I tell you what I see God doing? Because mm-hmm. that does something to us when we have other people affirming that in us. And and I believe that the Christian, the, the body of faith, we need to be doing that for one another to make mm-hmm. sure, number one, that we're living close enough to see it. But number two, that we're open and honest enough to share it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, you know, Mulholland... That, that's part of, of your story. Like we shared with the church this Sunday of your upcoming transition, but you have been so gracious to us to allow us as, as your XP brothers, as Neil and, and, and Mike and myself, to be able to walk alongside you. And I'm sure there were days potentially that you felt really confident about what the Lord was doing. And then other days that you didn't. And so you were able Absolutely to look at us true. and say, guys, I, I'm feeling this. And This is where I'm at today. Every right. single yeah. time you've, yeah. you've allowed us to speak what we are seeing over you. Uh, and, and you've affirmed, man, that that has brought some kind of comfort mm. to you. And I know it has mm-hmm. it has for me when I, I walk a similar season. So mm. I just think it's important, right? Again, eisegetical. Yeah. Moses is affirming all of these things. He's seeing <laughs> all of these things. I think we need people in our life who will affirm the hand of God especially when we can't see it. Mm. I think that's important for us and important for the Christian uh, family of faith. Well, I think you can even, I mean, you see it in Joseph's light, right? I mean, the famous line, right? What you meant for evil, God meant for good. Yeah. In that moment, he was doing exactly what you're describing. That's right. Now, whether good or bad, I think you, you thread that needle pretty well yesterday. Like those guys came to him probably not in the best intentions, right? right. But they needed to hear Mm -hmm. That their brother loved them. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, more importantly, that God had a plan all throughout this that was bigger than anything that you could have imagined. You meant it for evil. God knew the day that you chunked me in that pit. What he was doing. What he was doing. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's a good word. That's good. Well, great discussion. And, and so the series is not over, right? I mean, uh, we've got four more weeks, I think, of yeah. this series. and uh, But we are finally leaving the book of Genesis. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so this next week, we go into the book of Exodus, and uh, we're going to look at the story of Moses. Um, and then uh, we've got a, we got a few more things, David and Goliath coming up, Rahab and... Uh, the story of Rahab and Jericho, and then the fiery furnace. Fiery furnace, mm-hmm. I think, is how we're capping off the uh, the series. And so, um, yeah, so keep coming, keep tuning in. Um, I, I, it's funny that I always say tuning in on 
podcast. So I guess you do tune in and sense, lock it in, lock in the lock channel in. as yeah. well. Yeah. Subscribe, subscribe, <laughs> hold your finger over the number for three seconds, hear the beep and you are tuned in. <laughs> Keep hitting play. <laughs> um, That's even older than that. Pull the tab on. Oh, your no. oh, lock it in. Man. oh I so, remember that. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Somebody's what? holding us for a moment. Really old. Wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, well, guys, hey, always great discussion and uh, good, good to be with you today. And I uh, love you guys. Love working alongside yeah. you. Love you, you guys. Have a great week. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.